we got another episode of Just for Sport here on this Props Network live stream. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch for anyone that is watching live. Uh, it's a holiday week, so we're only going to do one show here. We got a show for you Monday, and it's going to be a lot of NBA focus. Why? Because the season starts tomorrow. So why not? If we've got the uh, reunion of players in the NBA, the reunion of players being in their home arenas, except for Toronto, why not have a reunion with my guy, Joe Walkowski? He's coming on on Just for Sport. We're going to do the Eastern Conference, some of our futures for the teams in the East and the players. And then we're also, I'm going to go on his show, The Walk On. I'm going to walk on, and we're going to talk about the Western Conference futures and players' futures. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Bo is here with us, and we're using a new feature now, which we probably should have been using it all along. But I've got up to PropsNetwork.com. We can see the NFL Live Sportsbook odds and scores, and that's where where we're going to start because we got a great game Monday night between the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals minus Joe Burrow. So in my mind, it's like, okay, well, it's not quite the same game. But uh, before we do that, we're also, uh, Bo, how did how did we do this week? Or rather, did I do this week? Uh, was I really that bad in my picks and my over-unders? Not, not terrible, honestly. Uh, pretty decent week overall at nine and seven. I'd say your two best games were the Seahawks and Washington football team and the Eagles and the Cardinals where you had both uh, Washington football team covering and the under and then the Cardinals winning covering and the over in that game. So two pretty successful games there in the NFL for you. But overall, pretty good week at nine and seven, like I said. Just for sport, here for your viewing and betting pleasure. That's what we do. And if we're, if we're nine and seven, if you take all the picks, you gotta have made money. You That's gotta a winning week. That's a winning week. That is. Hey, that at nine and seven, you're making the playoffs in the NFC East. Hey, oh, that is definitely true. Now for the Washington football team, I'm not quite sure what'll happen there. I was sweating that game because I knew I said take the Washington football team, and I think I had it at mine at plus six before it went to six and a half. So I was sweating it the whole time, probably like, what, the last five minutes of the game where it was 20 to 15, 20 to 15. And I was like, come on, come on, come on, clock, go faster, go faster, go faster. So nine and seven is pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks, Bo. Okay, so what are we going to do tonight? Bo, Bo goes to Pitt. He's in Pittsburgh. You know about the Steelers. We got a big game tonight. The Pittsburgh Steelers have lost two in a row, trying to right the ship here. If we look at the Props Network, Sportsbook Odds and Scores, we're scrolling down here. I'm seeing some beautiful things on here. I'm going to spotlight something for my guy, Sam, and for the idiots that are the New York Jets. Why you? Why do you win this game? Why do you win this game, New York Jets? Come on. Do you want Trevor Lawrence or not? Well, granted, Trevor Lawrence probably doesn't want to be with you. So I guess yeah, for like you, he wants like, to whatever. be in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, oh. You'd rather be in Jacksonville? Sunny, warmer weather. The media, hey, no the media tax. spotlight, you know, yeah. No income tax. Yeah, you got some positive things there. But let's look at the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals trying to not just get back into their winning ways, but I guess there's a chance that they can get in line and somehow catch the Chiefs. I don't know, but they opened at minus four and a half. 
That line has jumped to minus 14. Do you like that, Bo? I don't know. I, obviously, I think you're going to lean towards it. You're going to lean towards the Steelers just because I think the the drop-off between you know who the Bengals have at quarterback now um, is so sharp. Um, but I think when you look at it, the Steelers have had trouble putting games away. They've had trouble pulling away from teams. I don't think we've really seen them dominate a team since they played the Browns back in like week seven. You know, they, yeah. they haven't been able to pull away. They haven't been able to dominate uh, certain teams like they should have. And I think that's going to be a little bit of a thorn in the Steelers side. Might be a little bit of a motivation for them to try to come out and put this one away early and keep it that way. But, you know, whether or not they can keep two touchdowns of distance between them and a weaker Bengals team, I think it's going to be a big test as to whether or not they're the true contenders in the AFC. Pittsburgh is 10-3-2 against spread in their last 15 games versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati's 1-8 straight up in their last nine games. And the under is 5-1 in Pitt's last six games. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's bring in Joel. Let's get his thoughts on this game. As he is a professional gambler here, I would think he's impressed with the fact that I even went 9-7. Nine and seven, that is a winning record. That is one of the best seasons that the Detroit Lions have ever had. And <laughs> congratulations. I think you got Gary Moeller pulling the strings with you over there. Wow, that is a deep cut. And for tonight's uh, Pittsburgh Steeler game, I'm looking at making a stupid money line play, but maybe talking with some of the powers that be over at the Props Network, having me a little gun shy. I. <laughs> I, over the summer, when I was talking with you in Arizona, I was working with a young walk-on wide receiver, and he played with the Bengals starting quarterback tonight, Ryan Finley, in high school. Ooh. Did not have a lot of positive things to say about him. So that being said, I will be backing the Steelers 14 points tonight. This is the Steelers shellacking. This is not a backup quarterback. This is a third-string quarterback, and it's not just a quarterback play. Cincinnati, they cannot protect at all with the absolute like epidemic of injuries on the Steelers defensive side. I don't think that that Tomlin has any option but to bring the pressure against this inexperienced quarterback with, you know, limited mobility to say the least. So I like the Steelers. I think it's going to be a 27 to 10 ball game for them. And I kind of like the Giovanni Bernard props across the board because they were just kind of mean to him last week and <laughs> he's a good guy in that locker room they're gonna make it up to him you think so huh so well my thing is if you're picking the Steelers but you think Giovanni Bernard is gonna have a good game I'm gonna go the other way and my prop bet for the game is I am look you could you could take uh the touchdown score, the first touchdown score, Chase Claypool plus 750. That's Ooh. one that I like. When are they going to start offering Eric Ebron drops as prop bets? That's when, <laughs> total, that's when we total, really... total Steelers drops, whatever it is, take the over. 
take the over the most drops in the NFL. And I think those all belong to Eric. Actually, 37. Yeah. Deontay, Deontay, Deontay Johnson, Johnson has 12. So, okay. I, I forgot you. I'm talking with the Pittsburgh homers. There's only <laughs> one player on the Steelers. I pay close attention to, and he's dropping a lot of key third downs for you. That's all I know. And where did Eric Ebron used to play? Uh, I, Indianapolis, I, do, right? I do remember he was picked over a defensive tackle who was pretty undersized. So, you know, they probably made the right pick in selecting him. Certainly uh, Aaron Donald won't go on to do anything in the NFL. He couldn't even beat the Jets. So Eric Ebron was the right pick there. We're obviously talking about the Detroit Lions is where he began his career. We don't need to go there. There's nothing going on in Detroit. If you don't want to. We, we like a quarterback who plays her. Cool. That's what you want out of sports. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So the real bet, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, over two and a half touchdowns, uh, TD passes. I'm going to take that at plus 125. I think that the Steelers write the ship, and Ben Roethlisberger has been just as much of a question mark as the drop passes in terms of is he getting old, does he have an arm left, is he still one of the best quarterbacks in the league? He's going to show it tonight, if nothing else, because as you mentioned, they're playing at Cincinnati Bengals. What what else can you expect to happen? Yeah, this is the right the ship game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's been a lot of disrespect heaped upon this franchise down to when they were chasing 16-0. And now on the tail end of two losses, they're not even being considered one of the top teams in the AFC Make your statement. Remind the NFL media and fans at large who you are. And that's a threat to win the Super Bowl this February or March, whenever we get it. It's crazy because they lost to Washington and Buffalo. And I felt like the media was acting as if they were like going to end the season seven and nine or something. Like, no, this is a quality football team. This is a football team that hasn't had a losing season since Mike Tomlin has been the head coach. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't even know how to – he's never had a season where he's had a losing season. Like, I think you have to add some respect to their name. And also, my favorite quote of the year was, did you see Mike Tomlin mic'd up when he was talking to uh, Chase Young, not Chase Claypool, or the, or the Washington football team? He's like, we'd have to have some really bad seasons to get a player like you. Yeah, yeah. the Steelers aren't having bad seasons. They're just not. But they didn't even have bad seasons. They do have a player like them in Watt. I mean, that's kind of, if I'm Watt and I see that clip, I'm scratching my head going, huh? I'm going to win defensive player of the year. Why is he sucking up to Chase Young? <laughs> probably would like to have two, uh, two, two players, you know, one on each side and, if he can. And given the level of injuries on that defense, Tomlin will take any player he can get. Like, I think they've got three potential pro bowlers out for the year. Out for the year, yeah. It's a tough circumstance, like – in both those losses, they both kind of keyed on one play. Like Washington, they made a great great play towards the end in picking off Ben. And then against Buffalo, they were in control of that game. And then Ben threw an awful pick towards the end of the first half. Oh, that was that was devastating. Yeah, it never recovered from there. And like, you know, Buffalo, they're that sort of young, excitable team. They get a little bit of wind in their sails they're really hard to contain. You know, if you kept that big brother dynamic, you would have been fine, but that pick really hurt your chances there. Yeah. And I think it definitely gave, um, there's no doubt in my mind that it, it, that's what really propelled the bills to kind of feel like they were back in the game and they got to, you know, a little energy and they're pumped and, 
Uh, we didn't talk about this. Over, under, I think I am going to take, if it's at 40 and a half, I think I'm still going to take the under. Whoa. The, the Steelers, their defense is rank one. But when I look at their record and then I look at the their, what, their last five games, it's not like they're scoring a lot of points. So I still feel like we're going to end up in a situation where maybe it's, I don't know, 40 and a half. I think the Bengals, 10 points. Yeah, and I know the records don't really show this, but the Bengals, they are the most inept team in the NFL. Like with the Jags, with the Jets, you can point to points on their roster where you go, oh, those are really young, promising units. They're doing a good job developing that team. With the Bengals, maybe there's a couple nice young receivers, but there isn't a single positional unit on that roster where you go, oh, I see the plan. They are working towards it. It makes sense to me. And that's an indictment of Zach Taylor. Like that dude has coasted off a great first half of his first game for two seasons. The Burrow injury is on Zach Taylor 100%. There was no play calling. There was nothing in the offense designed to protect Burrow. And then he went ahead. He pulled a Carson Palmer. And it's no surprise. <laughs> I'm thinking a final score is going to be 24 to 10. So at 34 points, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I think we might. I would. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. And I think I'm talking myself into backing the Steelers minus 14. It's a Monday night. I don't got work tomorrow. I'll I have a little shekels on this game. And, you know, don't you think you could feel kind of stupid if you end up backing Cincinnati in this one? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it, especially without Joe Burrow. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're losing the third best quarterback from a rookie class, it's going to be a big loss for a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think? I think it's hard to call somebody the third worst or the third best quarterback from a class when he only had like six games in, you know, that Bengals offense that we just talked so much about. He's probably up there with Herbert if he has the full season and everything, you know, maybe a Keenan Allen that Herbert does have. Yeah, um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's hard to um, – it's hard to take the the Bengals and the 14 points because, like you said, you know, it's a, it's a poor matchup. I think there's not an area of strength for the Bengals, especially when matching up against the Steelers' defense. Um, you know, you talked about the Gio Bernard rushing efforts. I think that's going to be hard for him. You're going up against a very stout – you know, Pittsburgh front, even with the injuries to guys like Bud Dupree and Devin Bush in the middle there, and then Robert Spillane in the middle there. Mm -hmm. I think they're down to like Avery Williamson at this point. Um, You've had a couple more guys go on the COVID list. This Steelers team is depleted, but I think they're still a lot stronger than Cincinnati. And I think they're going to come out, you know, like I said, a little motivated to try to bounce back from the last two weeks. And this is the first time they've had rest. You know, I think that's the one thing we haven't talked about enough coming off of those two losses, they played three games in like two weeks mm-hmm. because of 11 days. Delays. Yeah. Because of all the delays with Baltimore and then having a Baltimore got to play that game on a Tuesday. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh played Washington on a, on a Monday afternoon. They didn't even get yeah. that extra day of rest. They had to go up into, uh, you know, a really tough opponent 
where I think a lot of people were looking at that as being their first loss in Buffalo, ended up being their second loss. But still, like you said, three games in 11 days, that's not easy for any team to do, especially a team that had been depleted over the last few weeks in injuries as much as Pittsburgh had. They've had a little bit of breathing time here now between that loss. I think they are going to bounce back strong. I would lean towards uh, towards Pittsburgh and the points. All right. I, I'm convinced. If I got the blowback cosign, I'm going to the bank and I'm putting in my loan application on the strength of Pittsburgh. Thank you, Bo. <laughs> All right. There you have it. Okay. We're going to get off of football and we're going to spend the next, what, half hour, 45 minutes. We need a lot of time to talk NBA basketball as a season is right around the corner. I'm really excited that Joel and I are back together again to talk some NBA basketball. But first, uh, you know, we, we, we got to try to make some money here. So we're going to get a read in if we can. Are you located in a state with legal online sports betting? Don't make a bet this season before you visit thepropsnetwork.com. Why? Thepropsnetwork.com has you covered with free bets and special bonus deals from all the top U.S. online sports books. Get $30 in free bets and up to a $600 risk-free bet at Unibet. Claim up to $1,000 signing bonus bundle from DraftKings Sportsbook or try PointsBet Sportsbook with four risk-free bets totaling up to $1,000 using promo code BONUSPROPS. The Props Network is also the only, the only betting news site with live NFL odds for every game that Sam, I'm sure, was watching, uh, very much so on Sunday. Uh, especially if you look at that Jets Rams game. So you can shop the comps and know you are getting the biggest payout possible before you lock in your bet. Do your bankroll a favor and check out thepropsnetwork.com. You must be 21 or over the bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. And then maybe, you know, you can do that, but then also check in on the Props Network if you need to get back on the right side of some of those bets. Would be good. Sam, Sam definitely has to call one 800 gambler possibly because he's struggling okay we got a lot of nba news to get to and we decided to split it up which i love this that we're going to talk eastern conference on this show and then we're going to talk western conference as i go on the walk on hosted by none other than the greatness that is joe walkowski are you ready joe That is Joel Wachowski, and we structured this. I, I got to say, I was respectful. I gave you the more interesting to com- conference to talk about here. <laughs> all the big changes, all the best takes, they are in the East. And I picked this because I might have some positive things to say about one of your favorite franchises, to what? say one of the teams in your home state. So I am ready to get into this. So with the home and home, I structured it where I picked a bet for every team. You're going to see that tonight, but we're in your, we're on just for sport. This is the Jamoke show. So I'm going to put on my seatbelt and go right in the passenger seat for this ride. So let's first start with, I want to look at on DraftKings. We are going to look at the team futures and look, I am only concerned with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that I am most excited about. But, but Joel, we can talk about what you want to talk about in the East as well. Um, so what I have pulled up here 
we've got the propsnetwork.com that shows you the the division winners which we are going to get into but i want to talk about uh the eastern conference predictions and regular season wins if i can find it here here we go okay so i first want to start with the brooklyn nets why we've got a healthy kd hopefully we've got a healthy kyrie and kyrie not only is is spreading sage around td garden he has spread sage around barclay center he's put on all of his teams you know he's almost channeling what i would say is as i joke with my dad he needs like a phil jackson type coach uh and maybe uh hopefully he has a teammate that can channel bill walton because somebody's got to be feeling what this guy is doing with uh his the pawns it's just so many storylines so we're looking at brooklyn we have them ever over over under 45 and a half what's your take and all this talk on Kyrie Irving, I think we're talking about the wrong guy here. Everything Kyrie's do doing is, oh, he's making controversial comments. He's burning sage. He's espousing views that, you know, people who knew him are surprised he's holding. That's how you behave when you're a guy in your mid-20s and you move to Brooklyn. I've been through it. I know what Kyrie's going. You know, he saged the TD Garden in Boston. I saged my new apartment the day before. I get it. But what I don't get is why we're talking about the wrong guy because, yeah, I like that over for the Nets, but I also like, if I'm going to put money down on the Nets, the great one is back. Kevin Durant, MVP, 12 to 1. Why aren't we looking at that here? I My concern with Kevin Durant is if we're looking at the over-under on regular season wins, it's just health. Will he be healthy in what is supposed to be a six? So here's my thing, and you being the, the betting expert, my concern is, and just this is from an educational standpoint, right? You take the over-under here, and let's say they only get 50 games in a book, right? Maybe they only get 62 with coronavirus and having to cancel a game here or there then what does that line look like? And that's why a lot of books, they're doing some experimental things where you're, you'll actually take the winning percentage as opposed to a hard number. If you do shop for that, that is available. And I mean, it's a truncated system with there not being much time to place the over under, but you talk about injuries, you talk about being worried about games played. And I think that kind of goes into the MVP odds as well, because who's the leader here? Luka Doncic. Four to one. That guy gets two injuries every game. Him and Anthony Davis are in the same class of you you get them. They roll an ankle each half. Kevin Durant, you know, the whispers from NBA players from these offseason games, the talk around the franchise is that he's back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's going to be a revenge tour. Kevin has never gotten the credit he's deserved. And I think with all this dialogue around Kyrie, we're losing sight of what I think is could be the go-to storyline in the NBA. And he, I think he's going to be amazing. I think that the fact that they didn't, or at least not yet, have traded for Harden with Karis LeVert, Spencer Dibwitty, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan on that team to go with Kyrie, I think they have a really good nucleus around them, and it's going to be up to Steve Nash to show that 
he knows how to pull the strings to get the best out of all of them and to get out of KD's way when he wants to take over. Yeah, and the trade to make the Nets a title contender isn't to get James Harden. It's simply to get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie. His skill set does not align with Irving or Durant or even winning team basketball, I want to say. Like, you don't want Lou Williams 2.0 on this team. You want guys like Harris and Levert who you can mold to any style of offense and they will contribute effectively. Dinwiddie, he's kind of like Jeremy Lin where he's like, obviously a rotation NBA player, but I don't want anyone dribbling that much. Yeah. I wonder if he could be almost moved to a second unit. You're coming off the bench. You know, you're giving whoever you're playing their defense, a different look, you know? I mean, I think maybe that's how you can make him work if you can't get rid of him. Yeah. And like shouts to Spencer Dinwiddie, but he's just not at the caliber that Durant is. And if you have like the second best talent on the team is he's got Irving is just a better version of Spencer Dinwiddie. He's got slightly better handles, slightly better shooting splits, and he's able to really control an offense a little better. But I don't know that you want two of those guys. I'd rather emphasize Levert and his Swiss army knife capabilities than Dinwiddie at all yeah I understand I understand I am excited to see what Brooklyn will do and as you said yes he definitely seems to be on a revenge tour especially all of the negative publicity that Kevin Durant got for going to Golden State and everybody saying well he didn't really win the championship so over under at 45 wins, if the season stands as it is, are you taking that? You're taking I'm over? taking the over. I really like this division, and I do think Boston's going to struggle with Kemba. I have some Philly takes that I think you're going to enjoy. But yeah, this is going to be a good regular season team because they've been preparing to play together for 18 months. Yeah, the preparation's been put in. Now it's just time to see how the experiment works and. This will be the best recovery from an Achilles surgery as we've seen since Dominique Wilkins in 94. Oh, my. And and uh, I think if that is the case, we as the pawns will love it, right? As Kyrie calls us the pawns. And again, it's about Durant. We could talk about Kyrie and then Durant. He's just flying under the radar because Kyrie is the lightning rod as he always is. Durant has the great one. We've got George Gervin in my borough. I couldn't be more excited. I won my eBay auction as we went on air for the throwback Durant 7. I'm ready to fall in love. I've got something new for you that I'm going to be wearing on, on your show when I come on later today. All right, let's stay in New York. We'll go with the New York Knicks, who have a new head coach and Coach Thibodeau. New players in Alec Burks, Nerlens Noels. They drafted Obi Toppin. Uh, they also drafted Emmanuel Quickly. They have R.J. Barrett on that team. I like Kevin Knox. I like the young nucleus, but no one is thinking that we're going to see the New York Knicks take a giant leap here. You can get the over-under at 21 wins. NBA.com has them ranked as like the third worst team in the Eastern Conference, what is your thoughts on the New York Knicks before the season gets started? I think Thibodeau is going to drag them over that over. In the Eastern Conference, there's a couple teams. They're, they're doing a very intelligent 
professional job of tanking, and it seems like the Knicks have a little bit too much talent to tank along with them. And Thibodeau, he's going to find his best rotation, play all those guys 40 minutes, and it's going to drive Knicks fans crazy. <laughs> my, in my mind, I think I am also picking the over. But yeah. I really like Obi Toppin. I think if if you – I put some – I, I think he can get rookie of the year. Absolutely. I mean, Emmanuel quickly in this preseason has played well too, which is surprising that you can get him at rookie of the year plus 5,000. If you no, want to no, try no, it, don't do that. There is a, there's right. perimeter guys every preseason <laughs> who never live up to it. Right. Right. If you're going to bet for rookie of the year, you're betting on a big man. And I think that big man's in the West, but if you're going to value in the Knicks this year, it is that OB top in six to one for rookie of the year. But the only worry about that is this is Tibbs, and Tibbs is giving Nerlens Noel minutes over Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, and Knicks fans are losing their mind. It's such a talented 4-5 combo that it's stunning to see Nerlens Noel put to the front of the line here. Nerlens Noel, who's leaving uh, clutch sports management, he's looking for a new agent, somebody else to kind of tout his abilities. Uh, but we'll see what he does in New York. Let's go down I-95 to Washington, D.C. and the Washington Wizards with the new backcourt of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. The over-under is at 33-and-a-half with Davis Bertans and Rui Hachimura. And that the, the – I don't know if I thought Thomas Bryant would be better, but if – he can be a better player on the court. I think a younger core with a Troy Brown Jr. And um, gosh, what's the what's the brother that they signed? How am I forgetting this already? I can't believe I'm forgetting who we're talking about here with the Washington Wizards. Is it Danny? Uh, no, Robin Lopez. Oh, wow, they got they, they got the mascot assassin. Right, right. Who can forget? Yeah, Robin Lopez, and then Denny. I think that is a good squad. That again, I would take the over at thirty three and a half for the Washington Wizards. I am right there with you. I mean, you talk about Thomas Bryant. He was amazing in the bubble when everything, everyone had packed it up for Washington and gone home, wanted to keep their extension safe. You know, Bryant balled out. He's got that blue collar energy. He can get buckets, go to the perimeter. And I'm going to support that over bet, but I would rather keep shopping, find those Wizards playoff odds because this is a playoff team and it's an easy six seed. They've got shooting, they've got athleticism, and they've got the perfect complement to Bradley Beal in Russell Westbrook. Russell finally figured out how to play in the second half of last season, pre-bubble in Houston, and I think he's a perfect complement to Beal. And this is Beal's arrival. He's the most underrated player in the NBA. They've got Ray Allen 2.0. And he's going to be a 30% 30-point-per-game 30 scorer on excel, excellent shooting percentages. I love this team. My only issue that I concerns me about the Washington Wizards is 
in some ways, the reason why it didn't seem to work out in Houston, well, first of all, it probably was because Mike D'Antoni was like, I'm just leaving. I'm just done. And Daryl Morey said, I'm done. But we know that with Russell Westbrook, that a lot of Harden's minutes, he wasn't touching the ball as much as he did before. And I think when you look at Bradley Beal and what you saw out of him last year, second, uh, second in the league points per game at 30 points per game, those numbers may end up coming down. Bradley Beal was used to having the ball in his hands, but when you saw Russell, Russell Westbrook in the bubble, and even before the bubble he was better, but in the bubble he's not a two. He's not really going to play well off the ball. He needs the ball in his hands, and I feel like that's where the adjustment is going to be, that Bradley Beal is going to say, okay, wait, am I almost going back to – it's a wash with, with Wall and Westbrook as much as Beal is not going to be in control of that offense anymore. But I think this is a team where Russell Westbrook doesn't deserve the negative like connotations that are associated with him. He showed me that he's able to adapt his game last season. In that Houston situation, Like there couldn't be a more toxic situation. You have an international conflict with China. You have an owner who lost all their money in the pandemic, and you're asking these guys to figure it out in a toxic structure with everything oriented towards Harden? No, James is the one who's making everything crazy there. Russell was just a bystander. He was put into a situation no one wanted to adjust to him. And now I think if if everyone's able to sublimate their egos a little bit, this is a really wonderful eight-man rotation. This is how basketball teams should look like in 2020 is a better team than the Indiana Pacers. This is your sixth seed, ladies and gentlemen. Sixth seed. Wow. To make the playoffs, you got Washington at, yes, minus 110 on DraftKings, but no at minus 110. So it's like, yeah, they could, they couldn't. Yeah, and I love the Southeastern Conference. There's so many teams who are doing it right. So, I, I you know, I'm a number, a great a NBA nerd. This one, the wonderful storyline I look forward to this season is the arms race between Atlanta and Washington to really establish themselves as an Eastern contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one who who really has more of a legitimate shot as establishing themselves as the number one seed possibly for the East is the Philadelphia 76ers because they got the doctor in the house that's supposed to help cure the ales that were <laughs> unfortunately uh, destroying the Philadelphia 76ers last year, specifically between Joel and B and Ben Simmons, who decided to recreate the odd couple, and they're going to be roommates as, as a way to get to know each other better this year. Uh, yeah, I don't know how legitimately that's going to work out on the court or off the court, but you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, they you can get the over under at 42 and a half. Where are we starting with the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel? I am starting with an Eastern Conference title future, eight to one to win the conference. Joel Embiid, 40 to one for MVP. And you know why? There was it's all this crazy offseason. Everyone's making moves. And there, but there was no bigger upgrade on the table than the Sixers going from some of the worst basketball people to ever be employed in this league mm-hmm. to very competent, respected GM and coach in Doc and Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. And 
this offense was not optimized for Embiid or Simmons to be effective. And I think with a few tweaks, with Doc working his magic as a motivator, you're going to see Embiid as a top five guy this year. And uh, go ahead. I don't think there's some anyone in the East who can stop a healthy, motivated Embiid. I'm worried he eats too much ice cream, but if he can put the Ben and Jerry's away, he's a force to be reckoned with. And every other East team has serious turnover, exhaustion problems in Miami's case, or it, it's just not going to have time for to set the rotation. All the major pieces in Philadelphia have stayed the same. They've put in better shooting in Danny Green and Seth Curry, which yeah, yeah. unlocks everything. So I think they kind of have the most continuity and the most talent. So I like them in this conference. Uh, Rivers has had top 10 offenses, offenses in all of his seven seasons in L.A. I expect him to have a top offense in Philly. And as we talked about before the shutdown, there was more action on Philly than most of the other teams in the East. Like everyone was looking at Philly as being that team. And now they may have an opportunity to do that. Even with, as we talked to start the show, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are bigger now or a better team, but I like Philly as well. Yeah, and I imagine you're in charge of a construction project. You get all the best materials in the world. You, the goal is to build a skyscraper, but as a, a foreman, you hire a toddler. And now they've gotten rid of the toddler in Brett Brown, and they have an accomplished foreman coming onto the site. They're going to build something great there. And they've got a one-year window where no one in the East is as primed to catch them. Everybody, uh, you won't have to catch them, but everybody in Milwaukee is looking down at Philly and breathing a sigh of relief, maybe chugging another beer or two as they love to do in Milwaukee. <laughs> now that the, the Greek is staying a freaking buck, like he is going to be a Milwaukee buck. You can get the over-under on the number of regular season wins this year at 50 and a half. I am taking the over there. I am really excited that they not only added um, or were able to sign Giannis, but adding Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, DJ Augustine. I think those are good additions and maybe even an upgrade from what they let go in Eric Bledsoe, Wesley Matthews, and George Hill. Your thoughts? But are they an upgrade over what they let go two years ago? Let's talk about our boy. Would you rather be paying Drew Max money, give away three first round picks? Or would you rather have Malcolm Brogdon? Malcolm Brogdon. This is just an example of a, a front office not doing their job correctly. And yeah, I like Drew a lot, but Drew's a little bit old and it might take them a year to get the rotation set. But yeah, I think over 50 and a half is good here. I just have my doubts when it comes to the ultimate goal of winning a championship. I certainly can't disagree with you on that. I think it's tough because, yes, as you mentioned, Drew Holiday is going to be asking for a max contract. The fact that Giannis, before he signed, said, hey, I don't mind taking a back seat to uh, bringing in another superstar 
the bottom line is, and you said it best, and I don't know if necessarily Malcolm Brogdon is a superstar, but I think he was coming into his own in Milwaukee and has kind of taken a step back in Indiana. And I think that when you look at the fact that you may have to pay Max for a Drew Holiday, no, Milwaukee just doesn't have it. They are not going to be able to compete. To me, maybe not even in the East when you get to the playoffs. If in crunch time, you all you have is Giannis. And that's it. Yeah, but Giannis might be a, enough in the East. I mean, that is their bet. It may well pan out because Giannis is still improving every season. And they do have three really competent players around him. I mean, a Middleton Holiday Lopez rotation is pretty good for your end of game five. It's just my worry is, you know, are these guys a little bit too old? It's I would rather have that young core and have them grow together than just kind of shuffle in 30-year-olds as the market dictates. Yeah. I thought Middleton didn't play as well as I expected him to in the bubble, but granted that was a bubble. So maybe that's, you know, we'll take that into account. And, and the way they use Middleton is a little bit weird. I mean, he's kind of the go-to guy in that offense and maybe they just make him the go-to guy in that offense all the time. Have Giannis in more of a traditional shack role and take him out of the perimeter a little bit. Cause we saw Giannis like, kind of shoot a little bit more that year, last year, try and create a little bit last year, but it just didn't translate to the bubble. Yeah. And the thing is, in my mind, okay, you you get to sleep in your own bed, but with no fans, in some ways, you're still in a bubble. I'm curious how that will affect these teams. And the team that has been most affected by this are the Tampa Bay Raptors. I am really excited to see what the Tampa Bay Raptors are going to do. Canadian bacon, huh? What do you think? Canadian bacon at 42 and a half. Are you, are you eating that? No. And I do, I do just want to say you have, when we did the bubble bets, a lot of my friends in Toronto really became big fans of yours. So there's a contingent of Jamoke heads out there in Toronto. And I don't know if there are any fans for you in Tampa Bay. I'll cross my fingers. But it does suck that the Raptors fans don't get to have their home team when their country handled the pandemic. But, um, yeah, I mean, 42 and a half is the right line here. They certainly lost some pieces. I'm worried about Noah Baca, Noah yeah. Gasol. Who are the big men on this team? With a starting five, if you are going, I say that maybe you go small ball. Um, if you have Lowry, Van Fleet, and Anobi, Siakam and if you don't want to go small ball then obviously you've added Aaron Bain so you put him in there but then I think maybe having a lineup where you take him out and put a Norman Powell in there that is a tough lineup and once again you've got a Toronto team as you mentioned no one is thinking about them they are kind of, oh, wait, they're in Tampa. Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. They just are never going to be the darlings of the NBA. And yet I expect them to be there again if if we see more growth out of Siakam. 
it's Siakam. And I think this might be the Ananobi year because he's going into a contract year. There's going to be some pretty exotic sets with him as a power forward in small ball rotations. And I love that for him. If you're going to bet on that, maybe OG is a good candidate for most improved player, 20 to 1. Oh, oh, we'll get into that a little bit more later. I like that. That's a good pick there. Okay. Uh, I think Toronto, I'm going to take the over at 42 and a half. I I think they will be, uh, again, a team with a chip on their shoulder that no one is talking about them as much as they would like to be NBA.com rankings have them as low as five behind, excuse me, behind Brooklyn, Boston, Miami, and Milwaukee. Uh, And I think you may see some shuffling there. Yeah. Uh, I'm just worried about the overall East quality of teams going up and maybe like a three seed in the East is closer to 40 wins than 50. So that's the only thing I could see affecting that over under. Uh, okay, I guess we will see what happens there. Another you, team, go ahead. You excuse me for 20 seconds just to let the dog out? 20 seconds. Yeah, she's making some noise. I'm okay, sorry. it's okay. Uh, my In my mind, I do think that the East in some ways is up for grabs because you did not have a player of Kevin Durant's caliber on Brooklyn. That's the first new wrinkle that I see in the NBA, uh, that's probably the biggest shakeup or rather addition because to talk about Giannis still being on the Bucks is just like, okay, he signed. Nothing's changed there. I think Russell Westbrook with the Wizards is the next biggest change. And when you look like a, look at a team like Toronto – yeah, they lost Serge Ibaka. Yeah, they lost Mark Gasol. But as we will talk about later when we look at who can win the, the divisions, in some ways, I think keeping the core the way it is may be better for a team like a Toronto than thinking, oh, we need to shake it up because we didn't you know, achieve our goals last year. And, and that's where I think about Toronto. Um, so I'm going to go on ahead and take the over at 42 and a half uh, wins for them. The next big, the next team I want to talk about is the Charlotte Hornets. Are you balling with Mello? You can uh, get that at over under 26 and a half. Maybe I'm balling with Mello. I, it's hard for me to see him as one of the more important pieces on this team. I just think their young perimeter players were kind of a revelation last year. What up, Devontae? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a 30-win team. I think they'll win about 40% of their games, and there's a lot of just pure basketball players. They've got enough elements of those old 2018 Brad Stevens Celtics teams where I think they're going to push for an eighth, eighth spot and not quite get there. I don't know if they will get there either. My other concern is as much as I had to hand it to uh, Gordon Hayward for betting on himself, the fact that he's already gotten injured, it's just like I know that Michael Jordan and everybody in Charlotte is now holding their breath and they're going to be doing it all season, so they may suffocate before it ends. Yeah, that was a stunning extension, but Gordon can shoot, and there's a lot of shooters on this team. Lamelo yeah. might be in a position where he's more of a distributor and he seems pretty well served to be a distributor. That being said, like 
I wouldn't touch LaMelo for rookie of the year. There's big men in two ideal of situations for me to back LaMelo in that situation. So, yeah, look elsewhere and maybe take the over here. I am am going to take the over at 26. My thing is if you look at someone like a Terry Rozier who really wanted to be the starter and left Boston to try to do that here – there's a lot of pressure on him with someone like LaMelo, who's taller, more has a Magic Johnson-type game, a beautiful passer. Man, I feel like Terry Rozier, that window is just too small for, for him, and he may lose that starting role if, you know, Jordan – that's a game actually I want to see. I wish we could find an over-under if Jordan could beat LeVar Ball. Uh, LeVar is not scoring a point in that game. I mean <laughs> – these these great ones let's not lose sight of their abilities here i mean there's stories of isaiah thomas cooking a knicks practice five years ago so yeah i think michael jordan could beat an old guy in one-on-one i just want to see it because lavar likes to run his mouth and he said he could beat him um so we'll see i would take jordan getting giving nine and a half in that game (laughs) (laughs) Um, i talked about consistency consistency in toronto consistency not so much so in milwaukee but at least with Giannis. but a team that i look at in indiana not only were they consistent in kind of not really bringing in any new players the way some of these other teams did but they also just traded uh a Nate for a Nate in the head coaches, right? You get rid of Nate McMillan, you bring in Nate Bjorkgren from Toronto. You can get the over under at 30 and a half, 38 and a half, excuse me. I like their starting lineup. If they can stay healthy, Joel, and maybe people are overlooking them as well, as you can see on their, some of their rankings, having them as the seventh best team in the, in the, unfortunately in the Eastern conference. Yeah. And, I've heard I've enjoyed many mate swaps, but a Nate swaps, it's my first time. <laughs> if, you're, if you're gonna bet on this team, my favorite bet in the entire Eastern Conference belongs to the Indiana Pacers. Victor Oladipo over 17 and a half points per game. That seems pretty safe to me. This wow. is a big team. They yeah. I mean they've got some great weapons there but they kind of hate Miles Turner for some reason. It's been like four years straight of Miles Turner trade rumors coming out of the Pacer organization. But yeah, it's a lower tier playoff team. I think, um, yeah, that's a good line. 38 and a half is perfect. Yeah. I will take the under barely. Whoa, really? You're taking the under? It just seems like things are a little weird there. I think they got rid of a coach who was performing. Like, what did Nate McMillan do wrong? Like, Victor Oladipo was out. He's the franchise player. He got them to the playoffs in every season. They overachieved these past two years. It's weird because on FanDuel, they have that 38 and a half. And you're already saying the under. And then you go to DraftKings, they have that 54 and a half wins. They, you, they, that's kind of like going all in, right? Yeah, it is kind of like going all in. But I, I don't know. This, this team's too weird. I don't know enough about this coach. 
but I do know I really respected the job the last guy did. And it just seems like everyone's always unhappy here. They're Victor Oladipo, like his his status with the Pacers, it's been on the lower third of ESPN's crawl for like two years straight. Yeah. Solve some of your problems here. I think that Indiana would have served it would have served them better to make it three holidays. And they should have just had Justin Aaron and Drew Holiday all in the same team. They could have done a three-team trade. Milwaukee could have gotten Malcolm Brogdon back as well and righted that ship because I'm sure Malcolm's going to be salty to think that they're going to have to give a max to Drew when they could have just given it to Malcolm Brogdon in the first place. I mean, but, he, would, he would have taken $60 million. Give him $15 million a year. You're good. Yeah. You got Malcolm, Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner, TJ Warren, and DeMontis Sabonis or Sabonis, Arvidas Sabonis. I like that starting lineup. Yeah, it's great. It's just all these other weird factors to go along with the Indiana organization in an Eastern Conference. Maybe that overhits just because all the real tankers are in that division, like Cleveland, Detroit, over-under on combined wins for those two is like 29 and a half. So oh, Indiana, they're going to stack up 80 wins in that division. Yeah, Okay. Let's let's move right from there as you're talking about division winners. Who do you have winning the Atlantic Division? Last year, Toronto won it uh, with Boston, Philly, Brooklyn, New York uh, in that order. Who do you see winning the Atlantic Division this year? One, two, three, four, five, sixers. You know, sixers. I don't think it'll be Boston. The Kemba injury is going to make their first couple months a little bit weird. Toronto, they've got some experimenting to do to get their optimal rotations. And, you know, you get a motivated sixers team. Doc has them playing that defense. We know they can play. They're, they have shooters sharing the court with Embiid and Simmons once again. And we've seen that recipe lead to an amazingly successful regular season team. I don't see why it'd be any different. You can get Brooklyn at plus 125, Boston Celtics at plus 250, Raptors at plus 320, and then there are your Sixers at plus 400. You really want to be crazy. You yeah, they're the it. only team that doesn't have a major change on their like in their rotation. Yeah. Like, yeah. They know what their bread and butter is. All these other teams have to cobble their identities together on the fly. I love the Sixers here. Uh, in the Central Division, you've got uh, last year Milwaukee won the Central with Indiana, Chicago, Detroit, and Cleveland in that order. This year you can get the Bucks at minus 5,000, the Pacers at plus 1,200, and let's not even talk about the other three teams. It's, there's no chance it's going to happen. You're going with the Bucks, aren't you? Yeah, I'm putting five thousand. I'm I'm playing Sam Cotler. I'm putting five thousand <laughs> on the Bucks. It's it's. I just feel like it's like it's it's the easier choice. It's there. It's a no. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Now the Southeast. I'm curious what you're going to say here. Miami won it last year. Orlando, Washington, Charlotte, Atlanta, in that order. Uh, to end to finish the season last year, you can get the Heat at minus three sixty, the Hawks at plus seven hundred, along with the Wizards at plus seven hundred, the Magic at plus twelve hundred, and the Hornets at plus thirty three hundred. Oh, I'm taking the Hawks. 
The Hawks? Oh yeah. Whoa, baby. They they are basketball basketball irrelevance personified, but that doesn't change the fact that they've built such a good, strong rotation. It's everything you want. They've got bigs, they've got shooting, they've got an offensive lead guard who can do everything on the offensive end. I think this is going to be a very good regular season team. I think they are poised to be successful right now. And if you just look at the shooting splits among their supporting cast, this is going to be some tough lineups to beat. Wow. Potential starting five. Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich, which he shouldn't even have been on Atlanta. What happened there? Kevin Horder from University of Maryland. No Terps. In their key reserves, Cam Reddish. How did he end up a reserve? I remember when the Washington Wizards were like, hey, we should have taken him instead of Rui. And now Cam Reddish is. And then they've got Danilo Gallinari on the bench. Yeah, on the bench. Average 18.7 points per game last year. Maybe six man of the year honors, possibly. Oh, yeah. I really like him because he's going to be playing the end of games. He's a six man in name only. Like. He's Danilo Gallinari. He's good for 17 and 8, and he always will be. Gallinari. I, yeah. I wish someone would say it like him. Gallinari. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I move my hands around enough, so I don't want to put on any Italian accents. I could go over the threshold there. But, um, yeah, I really like Atlanta, and I think Miami, like, Dragic is still hurt. They're going to be exhausted. Like, the Heat and the Lakers, they really got screwed over by this short turnaround. They can get there over the course of a season, but to expect regular season greatness from Miami is asking a bit much of that team, just like they were playing in the finals two months ago. Give these guys a break. My hope is that I am excited for this. I want there to be something where it's going to come down to the final games of the season and i think that when you look at the southeast that may be the 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 division where you have the closest margin of victory yes would you say so and i think just every team in this division is pretty intriguing even like there isn't a more boring team in the league than orlando but watching what cole anthony could do to that roster really has me optimistic so, yeah, I'm fascinated by this division. I can't wait to see how this breaks down. It kind of reminds me of the AFC South in football. It's like, yeah, I don't see, think, see any title contenders there, but, man, there are some fun teams. Yeah, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to take a break right here, and when we come back, we're going to look at uh, – we're going to just go down the line right here and pick our – who we think are actually going to be the eight playoff teams. We can go down the line and just say our eight, and then we're going to get into some uh, actual player prop awards uh, right at this. You ready for that, Joel? Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. Okay. Here we go. 
BetMGM is the new online sportsbook that has taken over the online betting nation. Not only does BetMGM have some of the best odds on all the major sports, but they also offer some of the industry's strongest weekly promos. This week at BetMGM, you can get a free $20 in-play wager when you bet $50 or more on any live NFL game, or you can get up to $100 in free bets in the free-to-play Pick 3 First Touchdown NFL Challenge, and it is Monday night. And as always, you'll get a $10 free bet in the Money Monday Club. But that's not all. Right now on BetMGM, special signing bonus for you for the Props Network listeners. All you have to do is create a new account at BetMGM and use the code JUSTFOR20. Use JUSTFOR20. You can get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $500. That's right. Just enter code just for 20 you can get up to $500. Why not? You must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER today? So that's where we are. Uh, I am also using BetMGM as uh, now they are available in my area. So that is really exciting for me. All right, let's go down the line here with Joe Walkowski of The Walk On. And we're looking at the team futures to make the playoffs, to reach the playoffs. Uh, let's go down the line and pick your eight teams. Okay, easy. You got four teams from the Atlantic Conference. You got Boston, Philly, Brooklyn, and Toronto. Those are locks. Miami's a lock. Milwaukee's a lock. You have two spots left. And I know we just talked about the Pacers, but I'm going to give those spots to the Wizards and Hawks. The Wizards and Hawks? I like their rosters more than I like either of the than the Pacers roster. The best player on the Wizards is better than the best player on the Pacers. That's also true of the Hawks. And I think these rosters, they're young. They could be much better this year without surprise. And we don't know how this new Nate is. Wow, we don't know how the new Nate is. I was thinking maybe because he's from Toronto that it gives him a better chance of being successful based on the fact that no one knows or knew at the time who Nick Nurse was and look what he's done, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's just, you know, I think the Southeastern Conference is coming up and I'd rather just go with the new team with higher upside than just go with the same old pretty good team. It's just, I like the Pacers. The East is just much improved. Uh, okay. Here are my teams. I've got the Bucks, which of course you expect the Bucks to get into the playoffs. Bucks, Nets, Celtics, Heat, Raptors, Sixers, Pacers, and Wizards. I don't have, I, I'm like no magic. Magic are out. Magic are out. The Jonathan Isaac injury is going to cost them so much over the course of the regular season. It's a tough blow for a guy who could have been Kirilenko 2.0. Oh, I just, no. I... And it's tough. None of his teammates like him, so he doesn't have any visits yeah. in rehab. Poor John Isaac. He's ostracized and, you know, Maybe you want to rehabilitate up in the Motor City. I can recommend some good churches to you, some good PR clinics for you to get your physical rehab. So, yeah, come on by. 
I'll sell you on the, the Hawks. Just watch them. There's too much shooting. It's a shame because, sorry, I had to get my charger in. Um, Jonathan Isaac, remember we were talking about him, maybe defensive player of the year? Yeah. And how talented he was. And now it's just like Orlando's back to an afterthought. I mean, they don't do a good job evaluating their own talent. They've given away Tobias Harris and Victor Oladipo in the past while wanting to build around Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon. They picked <laughs> Mo Bamba over a slew of all-stars. It's the GM. He's not doing a good job. And I think they've kind of stumbled into a really fun backcourt. Fultz and Cole Anthony, yes, please. But yeah, it's going to be a fun team that wins about 35% of their games. And maybe when all these other teams are going to the playoffs, we'll put them versus the Charlotte Hornets in a 15-game series. The other thing that makes it unfortunate is that when you look at Orlando, they're the only team, at least that I picked, that you can get that you can get them at plus 150. So you make a little more money if you gamble on them than if you pick the other eight teams that I selected. But Again, NBA fans, we always forget how many regular season games Terrence Ross flips. You turn on a random January weeknight, you know Terrence Ross is going for 26 off the bench. So yeah, there's things to like in Orlando, but again, I think it just goes back to the East suddenly has 12 competent teams. Good for the East. Yeah. This hasn't right. been true since 1998. <laughs> okay, let's now look at some of the player props and we'll start with rookie of the year and in my mind as i mentioned earlier i see ob topping at plus 600 as my choice being on a team here's a little bit of my logic on a team that you're going to get the most amount of minutes to play, but they also really need you to play well to win. And I know who you're going to pick, but the reason why I didn't pick that player, but I'm going to let you say it, is because they don't need him to win. So go on ahead. Who's your pick for Rookie of the Year? Well, my, my pick is in the West, actually, but in the East, I kind of like Killian Hayes. We, what? We know that he's been given the starting job. We know that the Pistons front office had them graded as their number one player on their entire draft board. And he's the mo the rookie who's going to have the most offensive usage out of any rookies. That's already kind of clear here. Derek Rose is Killian's backup in Detroit. That's how highly they think of him. And yeah, he's going to have some growing pains for sure, but he's going to have starting point guard production, which is, you know, an average starting point guard in a weak rookie class, I mean, that could well get him the award. Okay. I'll give you the Killian Hayes. I like that too. Yeah, um, he's awesome. He, he's, he has the highest ceiling of any player in this draft. I couldn't be happier with the amazing tank job the Detroit Pistons organization is doing. Give me that Cade Cunningham. Give me that Amani Bates, who's a Detroit kid. It's, this, is a, this is a great time to tank, and only Cleveland and Detroit are tanking. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Detroit Pistons with uh, Troy Reaver up there as a GM. Uh, I, I, I do want to see what Killian Hayes can do. I, I actually like that for the East and obviously you will give you a prediction, give your predictions for the West as well down the road. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a surprise. <laughs> There's one. <rookie laughs> it's <laughs> and it's this, you could rename the award after him this year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, most improved player of the year. Who would you pick out of the Eastern conference that can contend for that award. Yeah. And again, I think it's, there's so many, this is a really fun category to bet on this year. I think it's just phenomenal, but again, probably my four favorite picks are in the West, but if you're going to go East OG 20 to one, they want, they really love to showcase their players when they fit, when they hit free agency. And this is no exception. Mm-hmm. We've seen him come up. Now is the payoff for all that player development. We've seen this from Toronto every single season. I don't see why this would be any different. I would say also, if you had to take a player out of the East, I like Kobe White for the Bulls. Sure. If he plays well, the Bulls play play well. I don't know if they necessarily win any more games, but this team is going to go as, as Kobe White goes. You can get him at plus 1,600. I do like OG, especially as you mentioned, it's a contract year for him. So it's very important for him to play well. The one that I don't like, and I don't even get, not so much I don't get why he's not on here, but Tyler Hero, you can also get him at plus 2,000. I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of hype in the bubble, and I feel like when he made that face, everyone was all excited. And then the one game where he scores 37 points. But I don't know if, if he would be making any leap that you would even think about him being a most improved player of the year out of the East. Yeah, There's nothing in Tyler Hero's physicality that suggests a next level to me. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, just a slightly cockier Luke Kennard. That's a great player, but I don't know if he's a future all-star. He's just a great future six man. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Uh, Let's stay with, uh, player awards actually we'll get to leading score later defensive player of the year out of the east i mean come on it's it's gonna come down to bam or Giannis, right yeah and i think Giannis has probably won this award too many times he may be disqualified unfortunately you can get him at plus 400 bam you can get him at plus a thousand but ben simmons is and joel Embiid are right there plus a thousand and plus 1400 do you even think of either one of them as a top defensive player per se when you in the conversations that you have just in general in your own mind about where the top players on the defensive side of basketball in the East come from? Oh, and I love the Ranger hanging out and there are so many fun defensive player the year long shots just hanging out in the East. I could get behind either of them. I could also get down with Matisse Tybel. 10,000 to one. I'll put a dollar on that for sure. And, you know, I don't think I mind Jared Allen 80 to one as the rim protector on a playoff bound Nets team. Could he get like three and a half blocks a game in his role in that defense? Absolutely. Oh my God. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But there's, there's a lot of fun values here. And my suggestion here, 
put a dollar on five East also rands. That'd be a fun thing to monitor over the course of the season. And then if you're right, you cover all the bets by a factor of 40. You're right about that. And I, and I th- that actually is a philosophy that I am using a little bit more of late to be able to just kind of take a flyer on a bunch of different players. And I like the dollar too, because I don't want to spend too much money. Six man of the year. Who could take it out of the East? And I have a feeling where I know you're going to go. I think I spoiled this already. You did. Go ahead, Joe. Seven to one, Danilo. (laughs) It'll be a great thing for us Knicks fans to cheer for during this NBA season. (laughs) He has their heart. And I think he's going to be a really valuable role to a good Atlanta offense. And like by that note, Norman Powell, 12 to one also looks great. I was thinking Norman Powell, or as you mentioned, Karis Levert at plus 1,200 as well. And if you really, only because he may not even be a six-man, so I don't guess you don't want to take it. I don't know why Davis Bertans is on here. Yeah, I don't but, get it. You don't pay a guy $80 million to come off the bench. No, but I would say I like Karis Levert at plus 1,200 is my, is my pick. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that as well. I mean, it's very similar to the most improved or defensive player of the year category. There's a lot of fun candidates, and who knows these new roles? All the rosters are so different that you might as well pick two or three. Yeah, yeah. All right, MVP of the entire league. Like it's probably going to be hard not to pick somebody out of the West because you could give it to LeBron James every year in my mind. But what players in the East do you think will be able to contend for it? And my pick is KD at plus 1200. I, I could get down behind KD. I also like Jason Tatum, 16 to 1. We saw him get there last postseason. Kemba's out. The ball's in this dude's hand for the first three months of the season. And I think he'll play well enough where the ball will be in his hand in Boston for the next decade. He's a great player, and I think there's amazing value there. I think he's your first team All-NBA forward pencilman for that spot. And if I can't sell you on Jason Tatum, we can go back. We can listen to any of my arguments in this show. Embiid is 40-1 to to win this MVP. He can be a problem. He's a top-five NBA talent. We know that. We've not seen him playing under a good coach. It could just be an amazing arrival, similar to Shaq in the year 2000. So along with that, along those lines, you have Luka as a point guard in the West. But I look at a point guard in the East that you talked about, Trey Young, plus 6,000. Ooh. If Atlanta is going to do something, he's going to be the guy, right? Yeah, I mean, that could well be. And that whole franchise is set up to support Trey Young. So if he's gunning, there's not going to be a single thing telling him to put on the brakes. I like it. I like it. All right, last one here. Leading scorer, points per game, out of the East. The first one on the list is Giannis Antetokounmpo at plus 1,100. But then along right below him is Trey Young at plus 1,100. Who you got? Jason Tatum. What are the odds on him? 
Oh my gosh, Jason Tatum is all the way down at plus 5,000. Plus 5,000 with no Kemba Walker, with no Gordon Hayward in that offense, with Jalen Brown, who's really more of a two-way guy than a, a scorer first. Jason Tatum, there's a reason he was Kobe's favorite player. He's a gunner. He's a unique offensive package we haven't seen coming to the league since Kevin Durant. He can score better than most of these guys on the list, so I'll be backing him here. I like that. I like the Jason Tatum pick. He's got a lot of value, and I like somewhat here in this case, uh, somewhat of a long shot, so I agree with that. Yeah, no Kemba. We saw how he played when he just took over games in that Toronto series we were so into this past summer or whenever it was. <laughs> yeah, he's an amazing scorer. We saw Carmelo Anthony average 30 a game with less abilities. I could see Jason Tatum putting up some seasons where he scores 32, 33 points per game before it's all said and done. All right, there we go, Jason Tatum. Last one. This is a going back to a team future. NBA champion. Who do you see representing the East that could win it all? No one. No, you don't you don't like the Bucks here plus 550? I mean, sure, they could conceivably win it. But yeah, I think whoever takes the West, I think it's the title will reside in Los Angeles again this season. Um I'm taking the Nets at plus 600. I think if you get a Kyrie, that storyline of Kyrie going against LeBron, KD actually having to play against LeBron on the court, I love that matchup, and I'd like to see what Brooklyn can do. Yeah, KD, maybe you can outplay LeBron for the third time in the finals, and it'll count this time. Hey, hey. No, right? I do like that. I like 6-1. to one. Um I think you'll get better value for it at different points in the season. I think there's a good possibility the Nets have some early hiccups. They're bringing in two go-to scorers. They have an inexperienced head coach. And yeah, I think there will be better spots in the season. I think you're right about the team to pick. I think there will be better times to take that bet. Oh, okay. So I'm going to hold off on that. Uh, And then, of course, you got Philly at plus 2,000 if you ever thought they could somehow turn they, around Doc they, Rivers. they have the size to beat the lakers yeah they do they, they put anthony davis in that post he's occupying abaca and gasol they've got tybold he's locking up schroeder and then they got ben simmons on lebron i still haven't accounted for anthony davis but uh you know <laughs> they they get they're partially there huh yeah, partially, partially. We'll see what happens if, if the doc can cure all of Philly's ales. Uh, okay, so I'm coming on the walk-on later tonight, right? Yeah, I'm going to have you on for 7.15. I have my own little structure where I pick the bet for each team, and we'll go, we'll debate both sides of it. If you want to take a peek, I've shared the doc with you. But okay. I think we're going to have a great time, and we'll get off just in time to enjoy a Steelers romp tonight. Steelers romp tonight. Now, I got one story to share with you to end the show, as I like to do. I'm not going to do devil's advocate or sports you don't care about, but I do want to share this sports story with you. I was going to save it for the summer, but I was like, no, I just want to talk in it. So I have these two Hot Wheel cars here, and I thought you would like to hear this story, Joel. Okay, for everybody watching live, you can see these, and then on the podcast, obviously, you can't. So during my time with the Wizards, we would always go to Summer League. And after Summer League was also USA Basketball. And this was probably 
three years ago. Now, you know, Greg Popovich can be super surly. And I've never had to work with him from a media perspective. And he's a different person with USA Basketball. Well, he promised the players after their first practice, if I see you play harder, I'm going to give you a car. Well, these are the actual cars <laughs> that he was giving away. These are the actual cars that he gave to Kevin Durant. I don't think LeBron James was there that year, uh, but James Harden was there that year. He got a car. Um, I think Russell Westbrook got a car. I don't remember everybody because it has been some years ago, but this car was sitting on my desk the other day, and I said, well, I'll share this story with Joel. That's so incredible. After, it is. It's after practice. Greg, the PR guy asked if anybody has any questions for Greg Popovich. So of course I asked him about John Wall and Bradley Beal. And uh and, and you know, he was nice up share about that. But then after all the media went away, I said, Hey, Greg, I have one other question. And I pointed to the cars on the table over there. It's like, look, my little son loves Hot Wheel cars. Are you going to do anything with those cars <laughs> now that the practice is over? And he said, no, not really. He's like, you can take them. And so I went to the table. I got the cars. And they're like three or four. But now he has my son has like 500 Hot Wheel cars. And I found the other one digging around before the show. I said, at least I could have two of them. So every time I look at the cars, I'm just so excited. that Those are from Greg Popovich. Taj. Those cars were used to motivate James Harden. You can use right. them as motivation to clean your room. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I thought I would share that with you as we end the show here. Insane. An amazing anecdote, as always, from Jamo. Okay, I can see why those Canucks foster such an attachment and love for you <laughs> they don't have their basketball team but they still have their love for jamoke davis and just for sport and that's why i will be rooting for the tampa bay raptors this year and again of course i will no doubt well i'll see you tonight around seven you tonight. i can't wait we're gonna have a blast all right ciao for now everybody ciao for now <laughs>